Ephesians 1.18 says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. The riches. What exactly does that mean? Let's take a closer look. We've been studying uh, this scripture from Ephesians 1.18, and in previous podcasts we've talked about uh, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened and knowing, uh, knowing to the full extent what is the hope, the confident expectation of his calling. And his calling is a divine invitation to all of us to salvation and all that that includes. And today we want to look at uh, the next part of this scripture that says, and what the riches. Now, uh, there actually in verses 18 and 19, there are three uh, what's in there. Charles Spurgeon, the great preacher, did a, a sermon one time on the three what's. Uh, but if, if it makes it a little easier for you, you could almost put uh, in your mind a question mark after each one of those what's. So, uh, if we read it that way, to know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches. Now, let's talk for a minute about riches in general, um, especially as it relates to the scripture and our lives as Christians. Uh, what does it mean when we say riches? Now, it doesn't mean a new Mercedes in every driveway if you're a Christian. Now, we don't accept Christ just to become rich in the financial sense of the word. A lot of people are looking for uh, a way to get rich, a get-rich-quick scheme. Uh, I remember going to a, a concert kind of thing in, uh, in Raleigh one time, and, and we went because we, we liked the folks that were going to be on the program there and thought that that was what it was about. When we got there, we realized that it was really a big commercial. <laughs> and yes, they did have those folks there, and they did their thing. But uh, ultimately, uh, it was it was interlaced with these commercials, and they wanted us to sign up for something at the end of it. And when they finally got to that point and said, okay, come on down and sign up right now, there were people coming down from everywhere. Uh, some of them even running down there to sign up for this thing because it was going to make everybody rich. Well, <laughs> we didn't go running down there. We did not sign up for it. But people are looking for that all the time, or, or many people do. But Christianity is not a get-rich-quick scheme, and, and that's not what it's about. Um, we don't become involved in ministry to become financially well off, and many of my fellow pastors out there will amen to that. Uh, <laughs> if you think we're in ministry uh, to get rich, well, many of us have made a big mistake because that you don't get rich in ministry. There are folks in this world that have done very well for themselves in ministry, and uh, that's okay for them, but not, not everybody's going to become wealthy because they're in ministry, and many of us are heavily involved in ministry and are not uh, 
necessarily financially rich. Um, I remember uh, a minister, a friend of mine one time talking about how uh, sometimes congregations expect the pastor to have a nice car and a nice suit and a nice place to live because they don't want to be embarrassed by him uh, appearing to be shabby, but they don't want to uh, compensate him because they say, well, God will take care of him. Well, the way God takes care of his ministers <laughs> and his ministries is through people. He doesn't usually float money down from the sky. He sends it through people who uh, obey his voice. So just something to keep in mind. But uh, Bible riches, we're not talking about just money or gold or jewels or that kind of thing, the kind of thing that the world thinks of as riches. There are riches that money can't buy. For example, his presence in us, his strength. Oh, so many times I've relied on that strength in my own life. It only comes from him. Nobody else can be a substitute for that. It, there's a strength that only he can provide. Comfort. How many of you have experienced that when we grieve? Uh, a level of comfort that only he can provide. Guidance in our lives when we don't know what to do, which way to turn, and he'll uh, show us a clear path. Uh, it's just invaluable to us. And then companionship, that the fact that we're never alone. He's always with us. And when other people can't be with us, he's still there. Companionship. Just his presence in us is a richness beyond anything that we can measure in dollars and cents. Stress-free living is another example. Not being worried or anxious about things. And yes, you can live in a stress-free way. That's something that's promised in the scripture and it's a reality in our lives if we let it be. Stress-free living. That's uh, part of his riches. And the assurance, just the assurance that our needs are met in him. What, what a richness is in that that our needs are met in him. We don't have to worry about uh, the things that we need. He'll take care of us. And the assurance that he's going to work all things together for good. What, what a richness there is in that. And then the assurance that we are his children, loved by him, cared for throughout eternity. That's, that is riches. The fact that we know that we're assured, we're confident, of his love for us now and forevermore. It will never stop, never end, and we're so thankful for that. So the Bible doesn't say that riches uh, in the financial sense are guaranteed to everybody. We're all going to be super rich. At the same time, the Bible doesn't teach that it's wrong for you to be blessed uh, in a financial way either. There's no extra spiritual benefit for you in being poor. Um, it doesn't make you holier than somebody else. Uh, ministries and missionaries depend on financial support from people who are blessed financially. As I said before, that's the way God takes care of his people most of the time is through uh, financial support and and thank the Lord for the people who have been blessed financially and are able to be a blessing to others, to support 
works like ours at Blended and, and missionaries as they travel and all kinds of wonderful ministries that God has called people to in our country alone that uh, are wonderful, great folks, great ministries taking place, and they function because they're people who are blessed financially and they're able to give and support. So there's nothing wrong with being blessed financially. God does bless his children. Make no mistake about it. He does bless his children. He's not a father that's going to stand by and watch his children starve. And the scripture says that. He's a God who takes care of us. Now, it's not always uh, through just dollars, through money, but in many other ways. He finds ways to take care of us and to make sure our needs are met. And then God blesses in abundance. Uh, an illustration that I came across by Brian Harbour says, back many years ago, a young boy accompanied his father and mother as they took the wagon into town for supplies. And after the supplies had been purchased and were being loaded in the wagon, the owner of the store said to the boy, son, you've been such a good boy. I'm going to let you put your hand in the candy jar and get all the candy you can grab. And the little boy just stood there and made no move for the candy. The owner put his own hand into the jar, grabbed a handful of the candy and handed it to the boy. And on the way home, the father asked the boy why he didn't reach his own hand into the jar. He said, it's not like you to be shy. And the boy responded, I wasn't shy. I was just waiting on him. I knew his hand was bigger than mine. <laughs> and that's a good description of the way God gives his riches to us. He gives them to us by the handfuls. He's a good father, and he blesses his children, and he blesses us in abundance. So, the things that you receive, the riches from him, whether it has anything to do with things and financial matters or not, but all of the riches that he's poured into us, be a good steward of those riches what you've received from him. Be a good steward of those things. Let the Holy Spirit lead you in what you buy, in what you give, and in your day-to-day -day living. That's the very best advice I could give you is to let the Holy Spirit lead you in what you should do with what you have. Riches comes from the Greek word plautus, which means to, it refers to the abundance of earthly goods, but here in this scripture in Ephesians, it refers to uh, spiritual abundance, the glory of God as displayed in his saints. And next time, we're going to talk about that glory and exactly what that means. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for your riches. You've poured them into us financially in the things that we have, but in so many other ways with things that money can't buy. We are a blessed people. We are rich by so many standards. And we thank you, Father, for pouring your riches into us as your children. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Until next time, remember that if you have God's Spirit in you, you are rich. <laughs>